Nurses, we just want to thank you for everything you do. We are ShiftKey.com. Log on today and connect to open PRN shifts in your area. Work when you want, where you want. You can even get paid next day. ShiftKey.com. Start today. This podcast is brought to you by DrunkMummySoberMummy.com and made in association with HelloSundayMorning.org, changing the world's relationship with alcohol, one Sunday at a time. Oh, the kettle's boiled. Great. Perfect timing. Should we get started then? I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Lucy Good. And this is Sober Awkward. Right, Lucy, over to you. Thanks, Vic. So whatever stage you're at on your sober journey, and Vic and I are at completely different stages, you'll know that life without booze can at times feel, what do you reckon? Awkward. Lucy and I invite you to listen to our podcast where we discuss the realities of sobriety, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the cringingly embarrassing. Our honest and open chats will help you discover what it really means to be sober. Yes, we're here like a dodgy bottle of port from your nan's drink cabinet to take the edge off sobriety. And together we can learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway. What's that noise? I don't know. I don't know. Is it Alan? Alan, what are you doing? Cut my ear. Cutting his hair, he said. <laughs> what a thing to be doing now. Why you cu- Alan, why are you cutting your hair? Why not? <laughs> well, I suppose so. Got you did need a bit of cut, actually. I, to be I didn't like to say he was looking a bit shaggy. He was looking a bit mullety, wasn't he? He's going to give himself a weird crew cut or something. He's got not got a mirror out there, has he? I'm looking forward to seeing the end result when we finish this podcast. <laughs> I mean, he does the weirdest things in this <laughs> studio. <doesn't laughs> no, we're in here for an hour recording. We don't really know what goes on out there. He's skulking around <laughs> outside, isn't he? <laughs> Comes out, come out. He's got a completely different hairdo. He's probably burying bodies underneath the cement in the car park. <laughs> it's a bit like that, isn't he? Yeah. Well, the cement is floating away like yeah. everything else at the moment. We um, we are in southeast Queensland and we've been dealing with floods for the last two weeks or yes, so, haven't pretty we? much, yeah. yeah. I mean, we had to cancel the podcast last week, so we're a week late. Yeah. So sorry about that to everybody. But we tried to get here and we, we couldn't. Yeah, we, we tried a few times, but I mean, I think Alan was sort of half underwater at one point, but he's all right. He survived with his Wellington boots oh. on and his... And his shaggy hair. It was quite crazy, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. ro- there was over 190 roads closed on Sunshine Coast. Yeah. Schools, schools have been closed. Yeah. Um, so it's been full on, and that was why we very unusually missed one of our recordings. Yeah, I don't think we've missed one yet. We managed it with COVID, didn't we, yeah. when you had COVID? But yeah, this time we did miss one. And our thoughts go out to the people who are suffering yeah. and that have lost their houses. And there's all sorts of horrible things going on in the world at the moment. And, you know, we want to send our love to everybody and yeah. hope you're all safe and OK. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was watching the news in bed this morning, Lucy, which I'm trying not to watch too much news mm. because it does make me feel a bit anxious. But on the ABC at the moment, they They've got a push about anxiety. So they're doing a lot of TV shows about anxiety, which for me 20 years ago would have been so helpful. And this re- reminded me of our last podcast that we did on anxiety. And they had a lady on the news. Um, I was just sitting in bed and, and suddenly my ears pricked up because it was about alcohol-related anxiety. And it was like 7 o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh, turn it up, turn it up, I said to my husband. It was a lady called Lexine Stepinski. Um, and she's a professor at the University of Sydney who is conducting a study of how anxious people tend to drink to get over social anxiety, mm. which is basically exactly what we were talking about last week. Um, I popped her a quick email straight after her interview on the ABC and she got back to me straight away and she shared with me a little bit about the project that she's working on. It focuses on helping young people catch the problem before it spirals out of control, which we know we want to do a little we bit do. more, don't we? The study has developed a coping strategy that replaces alcohol as a social 
called lubricant. And it helps you find a better way to cope with that social anxiety. So if you're between the ages of 17 and 30, you can go and fill in an online survey and find out about their free self-guided programme at inroads.org.au. Um, so that was a brilliant thing that she's doing just to find out and, and really get to young people f- before the problem gets, you know, it spirals, which I think is just brilliant. The ABC are focusing on anxiety, I think, for a month. There's loads of great articles, news programmes, and on their website, there's loads of stuff on there as well. And it's just talking about how anxiety and they're understanding it and how it's raising in society and explaining the symptoms and about taking medication for the conditions. So check that all out at abc.net.au. Yeah, I just wanted great. to mention her. Thanks for Lexine for putting the word out there for that and doing a study on it because it's something that's really important to us as well. Yeah, it is and perfectly timed with our last chat that we had about yeah. anxiety and anxiety in general, which I think is affecting more and more people with COVID and well, with our floods here and with the war over on the other side of the world. It's all scary stuff. I mean, yeah. I think we all feel a level of anxiety now, don't we? And I think we're learning that talking about it and being open about our anxiety and about our drinking, you know, this world is changing. We're starting to be able to talk about our shame and talk about the things that have scared us before, which is wonderful. So, yeah, get on to that, everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Great. Thanks for that. Yeah, so what are we talking about today, Lucy? We're actually, we, we went a bit off off of path, didn't we? We had a topic that we were going to do, but we changed it. Yeah, because, we've gone rogue. Yeah, we've gone rogue because uh, Vic and I went away for a couple of nights to Brisbane. Yep. We took ourselves on a little break midweek, abandoned the kids. Yes. Vic abandoned her my husband. My favourite pastime, abandoning <laughs> my children. Oh, it was wonderful, wasn't it? Yes, it was lovely. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Except I was a little bit on edge because I had to leave two teens in the house <laughs> yes, on their own. Edgier. But it went very well. But yeah, no, Vic and I went away for the weekend, well, not the weekend, midweek, to Brisbane, which is just an hour and a half from us, booked into a really nice hotel. And um, the idea was just a break. That was all. But like everything with Vic and I, it turned into uh, an, a sort of a... A project of analysing what <laughs> life was like having a break when you're sober. So Doesn't we sound very relaxing. <laughs> analysing every moment of our lives. We, we do though. We yeah. do, which is where this podcast came from. From these sort of chats and revelations, and wow, you know, let's talk about this some more. So we had quite a weird experience away. Um, just trying to do a weekend in a city without drinking, and we had so many experiences, and we learned so much, and we just thought it would be a really interesting. Thing to talk about on the podcast so that's what we're doing today yeah we're calling it a sober holiday so anything we say here relates to you trying to go away from your normal environment and into perhaps more of a drinking space um, and how to deal with it and and the things that it throws up mentally yeah, because we're all so safe and comfortable in our home environment. So safe. <laughs> we have I mean, everything it's set, set up. up. Yeah, <laughs> set up for sober people, it I It is, yeah. So you just never have to see the drinking world yeah. in any way. Uh, but when you go on holiday, you're suddenly exposed to it all. So what we're going to talk about is how to enjoy short breaks and holidays without a drop of booze passing your lips because we did it we didn't drink any of course we did we weren't tempted at any times but we did find it hard we did find it a little bit hard so of course the emphasis here is on is on the word enjoy because we can all physically take ourselves on holiday but there is a difference between locking yourself in the hotel room having hidden the mini bar from view with a bed sheet to avoid alcohol temptations (laughs) wishing you were safely at home with a cuppa and actually getting out there and making the most of your break as a sassy sober soul who doesn't need a drink to genuinely enjoy yourself of course this is easier said than done especially if like us Holiday has always been code word for getting absolutely plastered at every available opportunity. Yes, it was. (laughs) So in this episode, we'll talk about our own experience taking a sober break, how to change your mindset around what a holiday really is, what to think about before you go and ways to cope when you're surrounded by temptation that can make you feel like you're missing a vital component to your vacation. In short, we want to make holidaying for you fun again, minus the drunken behaviour, minus the blackouts, the hangovers and the big shower of shite that we honestly thought were essential ingredients for a memorable break. What fools we were, Lucy. We certainly were. We are still foolish at times. (laughs) Occasionally. (laughs) 
but uh, foolish in a sober way. Yeah, which isn't quite as... <laughs> we have no excuses. isn't quite as death-defying as it was when we were drunk. <laughs> There's not as much risk. No, it's like putting a tea bag in the sink instead of putting it in the bin. <laughs> Or having two cups of coffee instead of oh, one. Oh, yeah, no, that's still like, oh, that's definitely <laughs> That actually for can me. be quite worrying for yeah. me. <laughs> and me. I feel like I might be banging on the door of an oh, asylum if I do that. <laughs> me too. Um, so we'll start with the horrors of holidays past. Yes. What were holidays like for you, Vic, when you were drinking? Well, funny, I just, before I got here, I looked up the word holiday very briefly. And the explanation, the definition is an extended period of leisure and recreation. Now, for me, leisure and recreation, you know, I wonder if that means casual sex and recreational drugs, because that's really what it translates for as me, to me. That's why we got it wrong. Yeah, because, no, that's why I got it wrong. That's what I thought it was, because that's all I did. Basically, my holidays were aimed at pulling men and drinking. That was it. From a very young Mm. age, actually, there was no mints on pillows and floppy hats by the swimming Mm. pool. It was based around getting as much booze down my neck as I possibly could at the airport. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk a little bit about those airport beers. (laughs) So suddenly you're flown into a country at any time of the day where your holiday begins and it could be seven o'clock in the morning and I would be ordering beers and on the plane as well. It was an opportunity, another opportunity to get drunk and smoking cigarettes on the back of the plane. I know. It wasn't that madness. Oh, my Those God. poor people who sat in the row in front of the oh. smoking row. I mean, what was all that about? I don't know. Imagine being a really stringent non-smoker and sitting the row next to the smokers <laughs> at the back. And then I also used to go in the smoking room at the airport. Oh, yes, the smoking room at the airport, which was oh. about the size of this it was the size of the booth, booth that we're in. Yeah. Uh, with everyone crammed into it having a cigarette and it was just an awful place it was disgusting but you you know if you were having your seven o'clock in the morning beer you may as well go all the way and and, uh, squeeze yourself into the smokers room and have a fag with a hundred other people you'd always meet sort of like-minded souls in the smoking room like all right mate let's have a cigarette (laughs) together where are you going Mallorca it was like a kind of like a camaraderie place wasn't it where you could meet people who were as crazy as you were at the bar (laughs) A big nosed, you know, rosy nosed drinkers were always sat up there from seven till the plane took off. And if there were delays, of course, you got a lot of pissed people on the flight, didn't you? Yeah, definitely. And then, as you say, when you're on the plane, my ex husband and I used to always have to have a Bloody Mary. That was our our aeroplane drink, a Bloody Mary. Yeah. So, you know, it was just, that was just part and parcel of, of a holiday That's the start. when we were younger. Yep. In the beginning, it was a bit more innocent, my holidays. I mean, we, we used to, from the ages of 14 and 16, go to France. It always ended up, you know, us with the exhaust pipe of the Citroen dragging along the motorway because our car was all filled up with cheap beers from, from France to yes. take across on the ferry. Um, but my parents used to drive us and drop us off at the town where the nightclubs are and then come and pick us up at four o'clock in the morning. So from 14 to 16, those very young teenage years, it was still about the same thing. It was all about going to the nightclubs, dancing the night away and drinking all these different different types of foreign drinks. Mm. I was very popular in these towns, Lucy, because one of my friends told me that tu veux and peep, which I thought was, hello, how do you do in French, is actually, would you like a blowjob? <laughs> So you can imagine I quite went down quite well with the French boys. <laughs> yeah, so I was going round to, instead of saying, hello, how are you? I was actually offering <laughs> fellatio to the young you, gentleman in the bar. And you were ever so popular and enjoyed yeah. your holiday a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I came back with a few venereal diseases, but apart from that, it was a good... It and was, an aching jaw. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we've gone off. We've gone off. I knew this was going to Yeah, that's happen. too much. Oh, <laughs> dear Lucy Lou. Okay, well, I did ask you about yeah, no, your yeah, holidays, that's true. and my... we do like to be honest. But then, of course, I'm going to go on from that. There was the holidays to Greece, the girls' holidays. So you go from those, I say innocent, but they weren't, sort of young holidays where, you know, your parents had to pick you up from places to going on your own with your mates. And those were just debaucherous. Mm. It was shagathons, shagging competitions, who could sleep with the most men, pulling moonies in the high street, flashing yeah. your tits at cars going by. We were rough, 
rough as you like on yeah. holiday. It was like an excuse to be completely mad. And of course, we're Brits. Brits got terrible name in yeah. Europe, didn't they, for holidaying? Yeah. Brits abroad. Brits we, abroad. We, it, it was an excuse to behave as disgracefully as we wanted. It was almost as if we had this window of opportunity where we could do what we didn't and nothing else mattered. But it did matter. It mm. mattered to the people who lived in those places where we were holidaying. Yeah. And the way we behaved was was awful but it was really quite traditional of us as Brits to go and do that we certainly played our part in it didn't we think well also it was the mid 90s and there was that ladette culture going on in England so we Mm. were hugely part of that for me it wasn't about being better than boys it was about being me being able to drink them under the table. Yeah, being one of them. Yeah, and show my masculinity. Whereas, obviously, the good thing to do in that situation would have been to show them that I was better by not drinking. I realise that now. But back in the day, I just thought, well, if I can drink a group of lads under the table, then I'm cool. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it was skiing trips as well. I, I one time went... I mean, all my drinking and holiday stories involve promiscuity, unfortunately. So you probably get some horrible stories from me today. <laughs> but uh, one of my favourite or worst, depending on which angle you're coming from, was the night I well, had fallen in love with this ski instructor on the mountain, completely sober, bumped into him at the bar at night, dragged him back to my... To, he dragged me back to his room, which I didn't know really where it was, whipped his trousers off and he had like a, an enormous penis <laughs> and I ran in out of the doors I fit it was like a a boa constrictor well, trying to it wrap itself so around. Yeah, it was like it was frighteningly it, large. It was writhing, trying to wrap <laughs> itself around my ankles. You see, some people, some people would have been happy to stay. No, no I was out the door and I ran into a so snowstorm, not knowing exactly screaming. where. Screaming? Were you naked? Screaming, half <laughs> naked, in a snowstorm, and I, you know, it took me hours to find where I was staying. And when I came back. The doors blew open and all my friends were there and I was covered in snow and I just went, I've just seen the biggest willy in the world (laughs) and then passed out on the floor. They never let me forget that story, my mates. Oh, yeah. God. And that is true. That, I thought you were going to say you got lost or something. It's reminded me of a number of times, particularly one when I went with my ex-husband before we were married. We went to Paris and got absolutely blind drunk. Couldn't find the hotel. Yeah. Could not find the hotel. It took hours to find it. So then we got to the point where, because you didn't have phones and GPSs no. and things like that, wherever, whenever we went travelling after that, we'd take a card from the hotel. So yeah. whatever happened, or we some petals, find it. petals that yeah. you dropped behind <laughs> you as you walked from, yeah, from bar to yeah, bar. You just, you've no idea where you are. You're no. in a completely unknown place. You get off your head. You can't yeah. find your way around. No. I think it was the altitude as well when you're skiing in places like that. It was different altitude and different alcohols. Uh, excuses, excuses, yeah. Vic. <laughs> but you were drinking stuff that was really strong, like schnapps and all these yes, really and strong backs. liquors. Yeah, knockbacks. I'm lucky I didn't die that night, really, because I was lost well, in the that's snow. Right, like, yeah. I know it's, it's terrible, really. I know we love about these things now but I was lucky to be alive well, and survive that we often say we're night. lucky to have survived yeah. and then of course Lucy after those holidays I went off travelling and that just became my my life was a holiday where I just drank all the time so my life plan generally Lucy is to feel like I'm always on holiday that's always how I wanted to live my life <laughs> which I do a bit now just minus the alcohol live in a beautiful tropical location but those days it was all about the booze you know the beers at the airports the <clears> promiscuity <throat> um, for me being on holiday meant hunting down willies and then running away from them. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst drinking lots of alcohol. Basically, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and squeezing yourself into smoking rooms at the airport. Yeah. It doesn't, I, sound, I mean... like, it doesn't sound like leisure and recreation. It sounds like a mission that often failed and nearly ended in my death. <laughs> but... They sound just like my holidays, <laughs> Unfortunately, Vic. they are. I'm sure we've been to the same places at the same time. It wouldn't surprise me at all. But yeah, I mean, often holidays were spent in a blur. You'd spend all this money on your holiday. You don't really remember very much of it. And exactly the same, not just the airport, Vic, but no. every day you'd get up and if wouldn't matter what time, at nine o'clock in the morning, we can have a beer, we're on holiday. Yep. Now, if you went on a two-week holiday, you're drinking a hell of a lot if you're starting at nine in the morning and you would go all night long. I used to travel and go on holidays a lot with my best friend, Rachel. And um, she was 
<clears throat> she's somebody I do compare myself to with drinking because she we were up up for partying and drinking mm. and everything that we did that was naughty on the party scene we did together and we did to the same extent but I always look now at Rachel as just being able to handle it better than I could yes yeah, so I remember you saying about her before you were like puking into a bowl in a minivan yeah. and she was like what's wrong with you she could always, always handle yeah. it a little bit better do you think she wasn't drinking as much or no, as quickly as you were I, I don't know occasionally yeah, I know I, I probably pushed the limits more than she did but it's just that Rachel could handle it better than me okay and we've often talked about people questioning their drinking and saying there's something wrong with my drinking and even back then I was like she's handling it and I can't yeah so say for example the following day we'd have to go and pick up a camper van I would just be so off my head and hung over the following day that I'd be literally there is a photo of me lying on the pavement outside the camper van office while she's in there sorting out the details yeah and after many years it did come to a point where rightly so she was like I'm just so sick of being the one who has to sort everything out because I'd just be a heap I'd be a heap of of pissed up mess because I was drinking or I'd be a heap of hangover and it's not much fun holidaying and travelling with someone like that and it's like you're ruining her leisurely time away because she's ending up looking after you and sorting out all the boring jobs yeah and that was how we that was how we were Rachel always looked after me but that's what I think of when I think of of holidays and there was lots of times when we'd go on holiday and we'd disgrace ourselves so badly that Mm. we would have to move to another town or another place (laughs) or another hotel Yes. So it was a lot of like going, getting completely pissed out of our heads, doing something so awful that we had to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, really awful, you know, so awful that you just couldn't bear to spend another day there. And that's part of that anxiety as well. A lot of it because we couldn't remember what we'd done and we just assumed it was terrible. It probably was. Yeah. Um, I particularly remember a time when um, Rachel used to live in Tenerife, <clears throat> which um, I, I guess that people in Australia may not have. Yeah, it's a bit of a party of, island in the yeah. Mediterranean, isn't it? It's um, off the coast of Africa. Oh, Oh, is it? Sorry. Yeah, but it's a Mediterranean island, oh, it is. isn't yeah, okay. it, off the coast of yeah. Africa. It's quite far down. And yeah, it was a really popular holiday destination. I remember going over to see her and off of Tenerife is a tiny little island called Lagomira. And myself, Rachel and her boyfriend decided to go over there, spend two days there and one night and visit the island. We had all these plans. We had to go over in our car on a ferry. And we got over there and we basically just parked up the car on the edge of a sort of a cliff, a deserted part of the road, and just partied in the car all night. We had lots of party provisions as well as alcohol. Right. And we just stayed in the car all night, getting completely off of our heads. And the following morning, um, we took a photo of the car and you could just see where we'd got out to go to the toilet and there were bits of toilet paper. And other than that, we just stayed in the car, got back in and drove back over to te- uh, back on the ferry and over to Tenerife. Didn't see any of the island. Right. We may as well have just got in the car in the driveway and parted in that. I think what you're making me realise here is that our drinking holidays, like our holidays, like when we're supposed to be relaxing and having a nice time, was us just taking a party, a full-on rave to a different location yes. and not experiencing the things that you're supposed to do on holiday which is exactly. visit nice places relax by a beach there was so much chaos go- chaos going on that I was either hung over or doing stuff like that sitting in a car and not seeing the local you know yes. amazing sites that you should be doing on holiday I never did any of that it was simply an excuse to drink and get off of our heads, wasn't From it? From earlier that on in the day. That is what holiday yeah. was. So no wonder we struggle with a holiday or a breakaway now because we've got to learn to do it a completely different way. Yeah. So look, let's talk about our recent Brisbane break because it was such a great lesson for us. We're yeah. always learning, aren't we, Vic? Um, and we stumbled through the first part of the trip, but eventually we found our groove on day two and beyond. So let's just sort of have a little bit of chat and tell the listeners sort of how the weekend went. Well, we were excited going down there. We were driving down there on, what was it, a Wednesday? We were very... I'd packed a few days earlier yeah. for my two-night break. <laughs> yeah. I was so ready to go. Yeah, and I was kind of so excited just that we were... Po- we'd booked a nice hotel. We were excited about going in the pool. And actually, one of the triggery things 
the first triggery things that I experienced was going up to the beautiful pool to go and have a look as soon as we arrived and the smell of the pub oh, yes. coming up through the air vent. Yes, that, was there was stra- a drain smell, wasn't there? Was there was a drain smell that smelt like soggy beer mats. So I walked into this beautiful pool area and the first thing I smelt was, you know when you're cleaning out ashtrays when you've mm. worked in pubs before, is that kind of oh, smell? I love that smell. Yeah, yeah but it's, <laughs> you can imagine, it's just like a horrible pub smell. Dirty yeah. floors, cigarettes and booze all mixed together. And I was like, oh, that's horrible. So that first of all was... But before that, we walked into our room, didn't we, So We checked in. We felt all posh and proper. And we went up to the room, opened the door to this amazing room. And then we looked in the corner and set up there was a huge cocktail making area. It was the main uh, viewing point of the room when you walked in. Um, It wasn't a fridge with drinks in it no it was a bar which had alcohol displayed in little lines with i think there was a cocktail shaker yeah were there umbrellas there was umbrellas there was a martini martini glasses like black martini glasses i mean it was all set up for a boozer and to walk straight into that on our sober holiday, it was like it was like a sign, like, here you go, ladies, we're going to fuck you over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, This is city life now. We've come from our comfort, our home where we've got our tea bags in reach, we've got our Netflix controller, we go to the cinema where we want to and our walks and everything is in reach and it's doable. But suddenly we're pushed into an environment where there's booze mm. and it's being pushed on us at every direction yeah. and especially in it was next to our beds yes I mean there was almost a fear of waking up in the night or <laughs> yeah. sort of sleepwalking yeah. to the bar and mixing yourself a cocktail I and waking what you up were doing then. Drunk <laughs> did you hear the shaking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vic wakes up and I'm sitting there with the cocktail and umbrella in the edge of the bed sipping away at it staring at me <laughs> With big eyes, <laughs> crazy eyes. <laughs> yeah. So the room, the having, room was having re- drunk the whole lot. <laughs> oh shit! What a I've nightmare. drunk the whole lot. Oh god! <laughs> what a nightmare that would um, be. But I mean, with it, what well, I was sleeping nearest to it wasn't it? Yeah. It was probably about a meter or half a meter from my bed. Yeah. I'll <laughs> post a picture of it on Instagram just to show people how blatant it was. It was, it was shocking. Yeah. yeah. The the hotel um, emailed me afterwards. I'll just quickly say that about the cocktail set I they email you afterwards when you do a booking online to say how was your trip and if they hadn't have done that I probably wouldn't have said anything but of course I had to say look could you offer people make it an option that there's an alcohol free room I know no one else is interested in that when they're away but who really drinks the expensive drinks in the hotel room anyway it would have been nice to have the option of not having that in there and I told a friend about it today and she said you should have asked for it to be removed and just Mm. say look we don't drink that's just that's just not acceptable but I think I wouldn't bother asking because to me a mini bar is like a fridge which you can choose to open and look in if you want to what we saw in there it was a display it was in reach a visual display and I know they put it there because they make money from it and you say nobody drinks that but you drank you ate the gold chocolate didn't you i did eat the golden chocolate <laughs> there was golden chocolate there yes yeah, so that's true yes was, i was out of chocolate and i did reach into the the cocktail area very briefly and snatch out the, the bar the of gold chocolate, chocolate. and yeah. then we then we were guessing how much it was going to cost on yeah on we were wrong out. it was 15 bucks <laughs> for a so tiny bit of chocolate. that's why they put it there because people spend crazy money and desperation like if you've been out mm. drinking and you want to carry on the party of course you're going to dig yeah. into that Oh, I've done it myself many times. Yeah, I would have yeah. done too. Um, so what we did was we escaped the um, the, the triggery hotel room yeah. and, and the went, stinky up, went, went up to the bar, um, up to the bar and pool area, and sort of thought, oh, we'll chill out up here and and have a um, just a lie down and a chat and a read before we go and explore the city. And then that was when when Vic was triggered by the smell of the drain, stench yeah. drain. And then of course everybody. Everybody around the pool had an alcoholic drink. Yep. Cocktails. Yep, cocktails in entrees being yes. passing under our noses yeah. every two minutes. And the the, the um, waitress coming over and asking us if we would like a drink or anything to eat. And we were very pleased that they had some alcohol-free beers, which we did have. I think she brought them to us without poured already, not in the bottle. Yes, yeah, so I don't like it when they do that with alcohol-free beers because I'm not sure 100% what <laughs> We are is. such miserable cows now, Oh, my we? God, we're just, we are to wanting our... to complain at every <laughs> corner, aren't we? <laughs> How dare you bring me something? <laughs> without the empty bottle <laughs> bring me the bottle re-pour it I want a fresh one 
Will you stop that drain making that smell? <laughs> Remove the minibar. Cover it from view. <laughs> it's offensive on Don't my eyes. Don't invite us to your hotel. Yeah. We're a bloody nightmare. <laughs> but what I was fascinated by was, there, it was these young girls by the pool. Really mm. gorgeous young girls, um, chilling out. And as you do, you look at people, people watch. You oh, wonder what they're doing here. Obviously on a girls weekend away and they all had cocktails. Mm. I was fascinated by how slowly they were drinking them. Yeah. But we would have gulped them back in about three sips. But I think we were up by the pool for a good hour and they were Just halfway away. through. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, they're all right. They know I'm what I'm almost doing. disappointed in people when they do that. I'm like, <laughs> yes, if I could drink, I'd be like, come on, get it down. You're like, what's the point? Have another. Have another one. Come on, make the most of it. It's still my drinking brain is still wired to tell people to drink. It's terrible, yeah, really. I, I don't do it. I didn't. All... I didn't heckle them. No, but you feel it's almost What's like you're, you're, you're allowed to drink. You haven't got a problem. Yeah. Bloody enjoy it. Or do it for us. If At least no drink problem. five. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, so the pool was another area where um, you know you just couldn't get away from the alcohol, unfortunately. And then on the first night, we took a recommendation from a friend for a Mexican restaurant that yeah. we went to. And it was we? amazing. It was on a rooftop and it was all beautiful, like, you know, raffeta lights hanging down. And mm. it was just this really trendy sort of Instagrammable joint, wasn't it? It was, it was lovely, yeah. Yeah. But, of course, Mexican, we forgot. Everyone's there for the frozen margaritas or the mm. chili, you know, the chili and lime margaritas, which were again passing under our noses every two seconds. And then she didn't have any fizzy water. What was it? No, there was no alcohol-free drinks that on the right. menu. And then I think oh, anyway, we. What the problem was was everybody around us was drinking. Yeah, um, there was a couple on the next table who had a bottle of champagne oh, that yes, we they couldn't had a bottle of stop looking in at. an ice bucket. Yeah, and yeah, that was really hard for both of us. I it's think triggery. that meal, yeah, it's triggery because those people were having a nice time. They were having a controlled drink, which is something we've never been able to do. And I remember the odd occasion I'd go out for dinner with my husband and have and share a bottle of wine, and I used to think, oh, this is nice. I can do this. I can do this. But then, of course, I'd be like, "Oh, should we get another bottle?" Of, of and course, it always went time. out of control. And obviously, we didn't see what happened to those people that night. We just saw that very short-lived moment when they're enjoying that moderated first glass, and it all looks very, you know, very classy, very superior. And here we are on a rooftop bar, and isn't it all lovely? But they were probably rolling around in their, yeah. you know, in vomit by nine p.m. Well, we didn't I, see I that. Ho- bloody hope they were. I hope they were too. <laughs> But it was a hard. It was hard for us. And then we got totally lost on the way home. We were like two country bumpkins in the big city lights. I, I my Babe, neck hurt the following the morning because I was, <laughs> I was, I was looking upwards at all the tall buildings, like turning around, spinning around, like hope, hoping to see our hotel because yeah. I had no idea where I was going. Yeah. So, and we and then we got back to the. Oh, we went for a drink at the hotel, and again we we ha- we ended up having. I had a hot chocolate, and you got them to make you an off off menu. Mocktail. Oh yeah, that was okay. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, and then we went back to the room, ate the really expensive chocolate, mm. um, and cuddled up in bed and sort of had a bit of a laugh, watched some TV. Yeah. And the next morning we broke. We we woke up and um, we cha- had a change of heart, didn't we? Yeah. And we decided to do instead of doing the things that the city was telling us to do, we did the things that we normally do. Yeah. And things that make us feel comfortable and the things that make us feel like we're not, you know, pushing against the wave or pushing against the river, you know. Sometimes being sober can feel like you're a salmon swimming upstream and it's hard to try and push on and, and, and be that yeah. person all the time, especially when you're out of your comfort zone. So we decided to go with our own flow a little bit more and things ran much more easily that yeah. day. And we did some of the things that we'd usually do at home. We went shopping. We found a great shop where we got 50% off. Well, it's 50% yeah, love off a bargain, don't we, there. Lucy? Yeah. We went to the movies and we saw Belfast, which was excellent. Yes. Both had a little bit of a cry. Yeah. Always makes us feel good. Yeah. Um, the, then we found this little cafe uh, where we managed to um, sit down and I had this like uh, chocolate milk thing and you pour this liquid chocolate into the milk and mix it around. It was just, and you had that amazing cheesecake, didn't yes, you? Yes, yeah. Um, and we loved that cafe. And we were like, this is a cafe we've been looking for this is what we wanted to find but what was so funny about it was actually when we looked around there were bottles of booze all around the edge of the cafe so yeah. at night time it must be a bar so even in a place like that it's hard to get away from it it's everywhere in the city it was everywhere that's what we yeah. found wasn't it it was just everywhere mm. but it was just a matter of working out where we could go and handle it 
Yes, and a little cafe like that was perfect. And the yeah. highlight was the electric scooters. We discovered being able to get electric Yes, scooters. we were brave. You, all our listeners would have been very proud of us. We got on the scooters and we spent two hours exploring the city on those and it was brilliant. Yeah, that With really the wind was blowing in our hair, yes, weren't we? Because it was so hot and sort of traipsing around the city. It's really hard, especially Brisbane. There's lots of big bridges going over the river and you want to explore the whole yeah. of the South Bank and then you've got Queen Street on the other side. On the scooters, though, yeah. it was great. We did think it was only going to cost us six dollars yeah <laughs> and then we came off them and it was 60 I oh think. yeah that was worth it was actually worth 60 bucks to be honest and we hadn't spent any money on booze so we yeah. could uh, we could justify it yeah and it was good that we, we didn't get out of our comfort zones that day and actually we stayed out later the first night we got all scared and came home back to the hotel room we're like oh that was horrible the second night i think we stayed out till half past 10 we got our groove on and we were like we can do this city but we're doing it in another way yeah and that's what we're going to say today is that you can do this you've just got to do it in another way yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so, look, mindset uh, was a really big issue for both of us. So let's talk about ways to revamp your mindset from the get-go so you don't waste any of your break longingly eyeing up a bottle of champers on the table next to you like we did at dinner on the first night. Yeah. Um, so we've got a few a few things to go through here. So like we were just saying, you can do it one of two, two ways. And this was a bit of a revelation for me. You can be a sober person in a drinking world and do what Vic and I did on the first night, which yeah. is to go to a restaurant which is known for its alcoholic drinks more so than its food and try and mix in with all the people who are drinking. Or you can find the sober world, which is always there. It's always the city. there. It's always underneath yeah. that layer of fog. Or yes, smog. it is. There is, there is, there. there is sober entertainment in a city. Yeah. So you can choose to be part of that. So you can be part of the drinking world in a city. And that's fine. Some people are happy to do that. Yeah. And that's great. And you can be sober in that world. It wasn't for us. We had to really change the way we were doing things um, and, and be part of a sober world. Yeah. I think it's important when you're going away. Really, the main thing that we didn't do on the first day was to plan ahead. We hadn't predicted that, mm. had we? Um, find out what's going on in the city or the resort that suits your sobriety, especially nighttime endeavours like theatre and gigs and all of those things that you know you enjoy. Get them booked up instead of wandering around aimlessly looking for things like we did. Um, that was our mistake. And all we bumped into was more alcohol, wasn't it? So yeah. actually having a, a plan a plan in place is going to be the best thing you can do for your sober holiday. Yeah, and don't let it feel like just half a holiday because the booze is missing because yeah. it certainly can feel like that. Yeah. It can feel empty, a bit like when you first get sober yeah. and your whole world feels empty without the booze there. Going on holiday is a little bit of a repeat of that. Yeah, but then we remember like what we were saying in the beginning is like the chaos that we created on holiday. It was just like we were at home but somewhere else. We never got to experience the country like we would do now. Mm. You know, we get to do all the wonderful things that you do and see all the incredible places. And remember it all. And remember it all. So that's that's what we're trying to learn here. And we're trying to tell you is like a sober holiday is, is better for you and it's better for your memory and for your health. And it is doable. Um, my tip here is, of course, to take your own golden chocolate. <laughs> Don't spend 15 bucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a great tip because you can take... We took some tea bags. Take we? some tins of tuna. <laughs> Or some, some packet noodles. Yeah, some white bread. Oh, it'd be a great holiday. Make your own sandwiches in the morning. <laughs> Make your own Vegemite sandwiches. Don't you just nick bits off the buffet in the morning, the breakfast buffet? <laughs> yes, I do. Put a banana in your pocket for later. <laughs> Never know when you might need it. No. Uh, especially if you're not seeing uh, men with huge willies anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the banana. banana. The banana will do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, accept it. Accept that it's going to be different is yes. one of mine. Yeah. Because I think we did go along thinking oh, we were going to have this really wild time, even though we, we're sober and we tried to go to the wild restaurant and into the drinking world. It didn't work for us. It turned out to be quite different, but it was better. Yeah. Um, while you're away, I found it helpful, like Lucy and I did by the pool that morning, is to look at the fellow holidaymakers. Are they having fun or are they at tipping point? Like we're saying about that couple with the champagne. Mm. We saw them at the fun bit. But maybe after that, that, you know, they may have stopped, of course, but they may have carried on and the night have been forgotten, that beautiful experience that they had on the rooftop. Um, are they a few glasses in before they high and are they stopping? You know, watch what they're doing and see if it is really fun or not. Is it any different to what you're doing? Compare the two because really it's not that different. They're just sitting there doing exactly the same thing that you're doing apart from they're numbing it out slightly. So you just do that but don't numb it out. 
Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because you look at people and you make an assumption yes. based on seeing them just for a couple of minutes and think, yeah. oh, might feel a bit jealous that they've yes. got a drink, but you just don't know the situation. No, you think you automatically think they're having more fun than you because yeah. you're drinking. That's our brain, drinking brains again, kicking into thinking drinking is fun. But of course they're not. They're just sitting there right next to you where you are doing exactly the same thing. And they're spending way more money because I think we looked at how much the champagne was in that restaurant. Yeah, it was and like was 700 bucks some bottles in there. Yeah. Yeah. We certainly didn't spend that on our fizzy water and we took cans of Fanta with us and a nice (laughs) bottle of fizzy water god we're fun look it might take some getting used to going on holiday sober but it's definitely gonna get better the more you do it yeah and a reminder that uh, you know one drunken night out can ruin your whole holiday there's members of my family that that I know have have been on holiday and got so drunk and had an injury that's affected the rest of their trip and had to go home. Um, Somebody I know very well... We, we thought, gosh, they been they went away for a couple of weeks and they were actually ended up being away longer. And we were like, where are they? Why, why haven't they come home? And actually they were doing community service in the country where they'd gone oh, on holiday goodness. for because they... You thought they were there, they'd stayed longer, extended we, their holiday. They told us they'd extended their holiday, but actually they were had been arrested and were doing community yeah. service in the country of, you, of their holiday. You don't want yeah. to get arrested in, in another country. Not a good idea. No, and also no. that reminds me of the t- story that I've told before on here where I got driven out of the resort yes. in Thailand for kicking a door in. And I can't remember it. I'd done those awful buckets. I mean, that ruined my entire trip. It was one night I was there. I was supposed to be there for three weeks. Mm. And I had to leave the next day because the manager drove me out. God. I know, terrible, aren't I? What horrible person. <laughs> Forgive me. He, uh, the manager might be listening to this. Yes, sorry, manager. <laughs> um, don't allow the holiday vibe or the rhythm of the city to beat you. Um, by that we mean don't get caught up in it. You're simply in a different location. Exactly. That's a really good one because yep. you do you feel like you're in this completely different world because we are really, because like mm. we are saying, we do keep ourselves within the security of our sober worlds when mm. we're at home. So you just feel like you're out there in a completely different space and it's quite frightening and then you have to pull it all back and go, hey... It's literally a different location. That's all it is. That's all it is. I can handle this. Try not to fantasise. Oh, and Giorgio, the guy that sells the sunbeds, is not as sexy as you thought. (laughs) Oh, what? Yeah, Yeah. because like you fantasise about what holiday romance is and then you've got booze on top of that, of course. So you're falling in love and you're drunk. It's not a good combination. No. So just remember, don't fantasise about booze and don't think that Giorgio has a sunbed. He's probably got herpes and has probably shagged someone (laughs) the night before you. So... (laughs) And he's probably got sand in his bum crack from yeah. from bonking on the sunbeds. Once you've had a few beers, he looks like a <laughs> Adonis, <God>. yeah. <laughs> oh, Giorgio! <laughs> You're quite happy to pay extortionate amounts for him to lay out a sunbed for you. Yeah, you might be dealing with Giorgio for a couple of weeks after at the STD clinic. <laughs> Not as much fun then. No. Um, another sort of mindset thing is to be prepared for booze to be everywhere. Like mm. we said, it was the mini bar in the room. It was the cute cafe that we found. It even had booze sort of lined up in a display around the side by the swimming pool. It was just everywhere. So yeah. just be ready for it. Unexpected alcohol, we call it. Yes. Could be at any turn. It literally is. Yeah. Soak up the culture. That's what holidays are for. Breathe in the freedom of being away, away from chores, away from work and appreciate it. Look forward to healthy holidays now that COVID seems to be slowing down. We're lucky to be here. It's something we've said a lot in our pandemic episode that we did a few months ago it's like we're the ones we're lucky to be here we've survived this you know we've we've got through the pandemic and I know the world seems a bit fucked up but we're lucky to be here so enjoy your time and don't numb it out yeah that's a really great one I mean it's okay when you're on holiday to do stuff that you might do at home Vic and I were saying oh maybe we shouldn't go to the cinema because we can do that at home but it doesn't matter Um, and you might consider perhaps that to be boring and some of the things we did in Brisbane to be a bit boring reading a book by the pool I mean Mm. Vic's got a swimming pool at home we can do that at her house Um, 
or just shopping. We can yeah. do that anywhere. But it's nice to do it somewhere different. So don't write off those simple things that you enjoy doing just because you're on holiday. Yeah, you need to redefine what a holiday is to you and, and reframe it. We love that word, don't we? Reframe yeah. the holiday into something new, into something that suits you and something that suits your mission to stop drinking. Yeah. So we've talked about the mindset side to prepare yourself. Potato. How can you prepare before you leave, not on the mindset side of things, to make sure that your trip is a triumph instead of an alcohol avoidance obstacle course? Yeah, that's basically it can feel like sometimes. I mean, pack games, things like Uno, cards, Scrabble, crosswords, give Wordle a go. I've started doing Wordle every day. Um, just little things like that to keep you occupied. I know we sound, sound so boring. I mean, I turned boring. up to a girls' weekend a couple of months ago with my trainers and a Scrabble board, and you could see them roll their eyes when I was like, "Hi, I'm here. I've got Somebody the Scrabble." The Scrabble. Yeah, but they were all playing Scrabble by were the end they? of the night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were probably off their heads. No, they <laughs> um, remember that you're no longer mainstream, and what by that I mean that. Maybe try and think that you're a vegan or you're gluten intolerant. So finding the right places for you is harder for most people, but they are out there. Um, So just, again, that takes us back to planning where you're going to go and eat and where you're going to go and drink and where you're going to go in general, just to make sure that they're not going to be alcohol fueled. I think I'm generally intolerant. Is that a thing? Of everything. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just intolerant. Of the world in general. <laughs> and that doesn't come with sobriety. No. Generally, you get more, you get calmer. Yeah, the doctor I mean, asked me accepting. if I've got any, any, you know, allergies. I just say, no, I'm intolerant <laughs> to everything. <laughs> and one of my really good tips, Lucy, is put on a chastity belt. <laughs> yes. If you go on holiday. I well, mean, I don't... if you're sober. No, actually, I don't think you'll be shagging around as much if you're on those if girls' holidays. But that can be quite hard because if you're on way, you know, if you're younger than we are, and you're going away on one of those holidays with your mates and everybody's out every night getting absolutely plastered and they, they give away free alcohol to the girls on those holidays, don't they? they? Do, the men yeah. are trying to get you into the bar saying, come on, girls, free shots. And that is going to be really hard when you're someone that doesn't drink. So you need to be prepared for those situations. Um, so, yeah, you try and maybe imagine yourself drunk at the dinner day or going out with someone, how that would work out and how that wouldn't last probably it's probably better if you're away to try and find someone if you are looking for a date try and set up something during the day there's apps and things you can use now to go and have breakfast with someone to have lunch with someone and do it properly you know those sloppy shags at three o'clock in the morning on a sandy beach they're not the most memorable thing you just wouldn't do them sober either you wouldn't no but I guess what you're saying there Vic is that it doesn't mean you can't have a holiday romance no I'm saying have a holiday romance still do those things I mean there's nothing wrong with a bit of you know, when you're young, hanky panky, bit of hanky panky on your holes. <laughs> as long as it's safe and sensible, yeah, and consensual, of course. Yes, yeah. Um, so yeah, we've already talked about planning and how important that is. Being so, just remember that being sober is harder than gravitating towards the nearest bar. That's a really easy thing to do, isn't it? Just go yeah. to the nearest bar. Planning. Doesn't matter what it's like. Just go there. Start drinking. That's easy. Doing something different is hard. Yeah, I think if we're known about the minibar in our room we could have phoned ahead that's something you can do find out in advance before you go on holiday what the drinking situation is in that country I mean India was great for me because you people don't drink in India mm. but of course I found a bar that's that Always. sold it yeah yes. I, I found did a, in Morocco yeah, yeah I found a secret one and you had to drink the the, the beer out of a teapot and teacups and we all sat around with these tiny little teacups like necking beers and pouring it out of the teapot any which way and I found a coconut alcohol bar as well so it's it's all hidden it's all like this secret underworld where you can get alcohol actually but yeah don't do that that's what we're trying to say (laughs) like don't spend your holiday trying to hunt down alcohol it's a bloody waste of time yeah and go to a country where they don't drink booze that can really help yeah phone (laughs) ahead phone India India (laughs) I'm coming India I'm coming (laughs) yeah yeah, just phone ahead and, and just just check out things. People don't mind as much anymore and it gives them food for thought as well. So check menus in advance as well. Yeah, great idea. Especially for the drinks because Vic and I do quite like to have, when we're on holiday or doing something special, we like to have a beer or a mocktail. Yeah. So it's a bit disappointing when we have to have a fizzy water. Yeah, we look forward to our alcohol-free beers, don't we? Yeah. Like I do a normal beer, like yeah. I used to anyway. Um, 
Know what times of the day will be hardest for you and plan around that time. Try and swap those messy nights for happy days. I mean, exhaust yourself throughout the day. Do the trips, do the snorkeling, do everything that's on the leaflet as you go into the hotel room. And then you're exhausted by the evening. All you want to do is go out for a nice dinner and go to bed. There's nothing better. Mm. And then waking up and doing it all over again the next day with no regret and no shame. No It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And another great tip when you're planning to go on a sober holiday is to go with a sober person. We were actually saying that we were so happy to have each other to go away with because if you're with somebody who's drinking, but even having said that, I know that Vic was looking to go to the comedy club, weren't you, one night? And even though we're both sober, Vic's a lot more sober (laughs) than me. Nearly four years on Thursday, actually. Four years. Yeah, the 10th of March. Oh, we've got to celebrate, Vic. Yeah, I know. Definitely. Um, yeah, but so you were okay for the comedy club, whereas I wasn't. It yeah. was just too much of going to be too much of a boozy atmosphere for me. So even if you're going with a sober mate, just remember that you're at different parts of that journey. So you've still got to find that medium ground in the middle. And you've got to respect where the other piece, person is, yeah. where they sit and how, the, how they're feeling because yeah. that's really important. Choose your destination and accommodation carefully. A drug drink fueled week in Ibiza with loads of single mates might have to wait. I mean, if you are feeling like you're in that stage of still questioning your drinking or it's hard or you're struggling, I mean, if you're 10 years in, you can do that sort of thing and you, you know yourself and you know how confident you are in those situations. But if you're early on in that sobriety and you've got mates going, come on, we're going to Malaga for two weeks. Why don't you come? I think sometimes it might be a good idea to say no and go mm. for a weekend in the Peak District. German beer festival, yeah, no. Say no. <laughs> I mean, I still have a habit of saying yes to like wine tours. Yes. If it comes up on my Instagram page, my mate's going, oh, we're going off on a wine tour in, in the Hunter Valley or something. Why don't you come with us? My reaction is to instantly go, of course, yeah, I'd love that. But then I know, no, I don't want to go on a wine tour of a vineyard. That's not what I want to really do. Really is the worst thing, But it takes thing, me yeah. a moment to mm. go, no, that's not going to help me and I'm going to not enjoy that. Yeah. So just think about your answer if people are inviting you somewhere, like on one of those girls' holidays or blokes, you know, lads' weekends away. Think about it and mm. think about what the reality of it will be and whether you're ready for it. Yeah, it could just be too hard. Too hard. So play a few scenarios out in your head before you step out of the hotel room. So what will you say if you're offered a beer? We've talked about this quite a bit, about excuses when yeah. people ask you why you're not drinking or if you want to drink. Think about how you're going to deal with any pushy mates that you're on holiday with if you are holi- holidaying with drinkers. Um, and what excuse do you have to leave early? Do you know where the emergency exit is? Yeah. <laughs> is always a good one on holiday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a great one on holiday. It might make you feel more comfortable if you have some excuses up your sleeve. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes, however hard you try, you just can't avoid having boozed thrust in front of you. We get it, this is hard. Let's talk about how to cope with these stressful situations, Lucy. What do you do? Oh, yes. Well, I, as you know, I usually avoid them hundred percent by yeah. never going. Oh yes, the yes. queen of the hermits yes. rises again. <laughs> I find that's a great way. Avoidance, avoidance. Brilliant. We don't. But what we will say about avoidance is you are allowed to avoid things. Of course. Your boundaries are so important yeah. in your sobriety. I will mention I did go to a party last. Oh weekend. yes, you did. Yes, I did. Good I girl. went to a party. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were saying how it comes such a long way. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You couldn't have gone to a party six I months ago. Have. No. no there you go. I did. It was awful. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was great. <laughs> it was good. Feel the awkward uh, and do it anyway, Lucy. Yep, You're doing I, that I a bit did. more. Yeah, she's doing it a bit uh, more recently. Look, my advice is if you get into a difficult situation where there's lots of people drinking on a night out or on holiday, just get out. Get yeah, out get of there. You know, and plan ahead, like we just said. Make sure you've got your car there. You haven't got anyone else relying on you for a lift. Yeah. Do whatever it takes and just walk out um, and again like we spoke about if you see other people drinking and you're feeling highly jealous of them just think about where they're going to be in an hour's time yes. you may have walked back to the hotel room or you might be going for a nice walk along the beach or you might have gone for an ice cream they might be on their second bottle of wine yeah and that usually doesn't end well so have a little sort of comparison it's always yeah. good to, to think of other people they'll probably shit. have Giorgio biting on their neck or with his, their tongue his tongue in their ear yeah we've got to keep Giorgio busy there's oh, yeah. got to still be some drinkers out there otherwise Giorgio won't you. have a job <laughs> I love you Victoria <laughs> 
Um, did that work every time? I was about to say, actually, one holiday romance I had, he looked at me straight in the eye, like these beautiful blue eyes, you know, beautiful tan skin. He looked at me straight in the eye and went, I think I love you, Christina. (laughs) I was like, I'm not fucking Christina. Who is Christina? But I'll have a shag Uh, anyway. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I was like, all right, then don't worry about it. Let's go. I would have let it go. (laughs) Yeah, I did. He was hot. <laughs> That's all that mattered. Well, he yeah. probably wasn't. You just drank no, a lot. Um, a, a really good way to deal with it if you're surrounded by alcohol and you feel uncomfortable, and Vic and I do it a lot, is we kind of laugh at the alcohol culture and mock it, don't yeah. we? We sort of say, oh, God, how ridiculous. Why do they have to have alcohol there? That's so unnecessary. And it just, some somehow by just making a bit of a joke out of it, yeah. it does make it easier to, to manage it makes us sound like miserable swines because we're does. like why can't you see the bigger picture there, it is <laughs> funny when you look around you and you just see alcohol everywhere in completely unnecessary places just yeah. take the piss out of the yeah, alcohol yeah just like why are you doing that just stop doing that yeah, be yeah. like us because we're so cool be we miserable don't need like it. us <laughs> yeah miserable fuckers um, I, one of my tips if you're feeling a bit stuck on a holiday and people are drinking is just head out and find the best cake shop in town great idea I think um, that you can't beat a cake and a cup of tea mm. um, that's what I love so that's what mm. I'll look for on a holiday so it's up to other people might think oh I just want to do something sporty so find something sporty do what you enjoy instead um, and also learn from your holiday Vic and I thought we had it in the bag, I think, when we left for our break in yep. to Brisbane. We weren't at all worried. I wasn't worried. No, I wasn't I was worried at all. Really Didn't even think about it, it, to be honest. Yeah. I thought, I, I thought, I'm with the master. I'm with my guru. <laughs> She's going to lead the way. But oh. we, <laughs> we, we were shaky there at first and we yeah. learned a lot from it. So when we do it again, we won't waste the first night wandering around completely lost like mm. a pair of wallies. Yep. Um, we'll be doing something more fun, heading out to a restaurant that's more suitable um, and finding activities that are really cool for sober people. Yeah. So just keep learning. Yeah, keep learning. I mean, stressful times will happen. There are going to be people who you meet on holiday who don't know you and that they're going to try and make you drink. That's one thing that probably will happen. Because No one tried to pull us, did they, Vic? No, no, no one tried to pull us. No one tried to buy us a drink. Yeah. I don't know why. No, I don't know because we're in bed by half past eight. <laughs> Everyone has only else just going out. <laughs> oh, well, that's our excuse anyway. Yeah. If we had stayed out later, they would have been They would have been all up. over us, wouldn't they? <laughs> um, if someone says, come on, you're on your holidays mm. to have a drink, I mean, just say to them that their absence is required. That's always a good thing. Just say, look, go away. I'm, I'm, I'm not dealing with you. This isn't, you know, you've got your words prepared. That's what we're saying about being prepared is like be prepared for people like that because they are going to come around. They are going to be annoying. Nagging, jeering, cajoling and peer pressure will occur. Let it slide like water from a duck's back. The opinions of others are irrelevant to your journey. They just don't understand your struggle. So you've got to be prepared for that because people are drinking all the time on holiday and they're not going to understand you, especially if it's people you've just met. So, yeah, just look out for that. They don't know who you are. They don't know your journey or your troubles. So just ignore them. I've got a good tip here. If people gang up on you and you feel overwhelmed, crawl up into a ball and rock backwards and forwards crying for your mother. Great. Love it. I'm <laughs> going to try excellent. that one yeah, next Try time. that one while you're out, Lucy. I'd like to be there when you do it. Not really. Leave. Don't, don't crawl up into a ball and rock backwards and forwards or write your name in excrement on a wall. <laughs> yeah, don't do that either. I you mean, might you get could. arrested. Again, that's slightly sort of more along the pissed activity. Yes. Side. Definitely yes. put that in the pissed activity box. I've written here, be prepared for phase out. Hmm, this is a good one. If you are sober, you might not get asked on the boys weekend again. Uh, that is going to be hard to deal with. It's okay, but it can be a bit mm. heartbreaking. Yeah. Because people, as you know, your sobriety is going to be confronting for people. If the boys that you're away with, they're all doing shots first thing in the morning, Jaeger bombs and then steins of beer at the German beer festival and you're sat there with a fizzy water, they're going to be very, very confronted by your presence. And no one wants to see your smiling, healthy face first thing in the morning, They don't, do after they? you've just been for a jug and a nice, you know, a jog rather and a nice... <laughs> a jog. Yeah, a jug of beer, <laughs> no, a jog. And then, you know, they don't want to see that. So, yeah, be prepared to be... Occasionally you might feel 
of phased out from your friendship circle. that's the circle. same as we've talked about when we talked about who we surround ourselves with drinking and going on nights out. A lot of these tips that we're talking about here for holiday are very relevant to going out for a night yeah. with drinking friends and how to handle it. So we're saying choose your holiday friendships, you know, choose yeah. the people you go away with because, yeah, there might be a shift that you need to do there. Yeah. And it might be hard and people might get upset, but... You know, what's more important? Your sobriety is so important, I yeah, think. And holiday is meant to be fun. You don't want to go on something that's a challenge. It's going to be hard for you. Exactly. And a good thing to do is to plan a productive day the day after you've been out on that night. Yes. Like, and and mm. even though you may have been boring, you're the one that's going to be up and you get to do everything else that you wanted to do on the holiday and the rest of the party crew will all be nursing stonking hangovers. Yes. So remember Love the more honest, it. yeah, it's true. You have to be honest about it with your mates and if they don't respect you, that's your their issue. So do you mind if I take my top off? No, I'm going to take mine off as well. <laughs> oh, God. It is absolutely boiling in here. I'm I have to get a photo. I'm in my bra now. <laughs> oh, my God. These tropical storms are causing... Huge heat, aren't it's they, Lucy? It's 33 degrees. Oh my god, it's boiling it's in here. Five o'clock. I'm now in, in my evening. bra. To all that, to Giorgio, he knows what he's uh, missing wait, now, uh, Lucy. <laughs> Alan's not coming yet. No. I don't know where he's yeah, gone. He's going to hide his eyes in horror. <laughs> he's still cutting his hair. What we're trying to say, he's opened the door. Alan, I'm in my bra. Sorry. In bra. The more Ooh. honest you are about giving up drinking, the more it will enable others to speak up. If more people start going away for trips without getting wasted, more activities, venues and events will start yeah, popping will, up. Yeah. So you're creating a demand if yeah. you're going away and you're not drinking because you're going to go up to the bar and say, why haven't you got any alcohol-free drinks? The more people that do that, the better. I know it sounds boring. Why haven't you got any? Yes, for God's sake. Gosh, no one will ever want to come on holiday with us, Vic. Yeah. So, yeah, try and get some alternative options and try and get that ball rolling yeah. in holiday destinations. Why not? Yeah. Like, then yeah, we can go right, away yeah. and have things to do and have bars to go to, yeah. alcohol-free bars and things like that. Set That'd be it great. Up, set it up for future generations to have booze-free holidays. Yeah. We've got a few tips that we're going to try and read out before we pass out. Yeah. Um, do, do you think it's bikini ready? <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. For my holiday, You're Lucy. very bikini ready. In this country, you have to be bikini ready all the time. They like rolls over here, do they? <laughs> <laughs> no, you look ravishing. Middle tyres. I love your neutral coloured bra. Yeah, thank you. It's is almost... it neutral or was it once white? <laughs> yeah, it was once white. It's just really dirty. <laughs> We've got some tips and okay, takeaways. Okay, start. Okay. If, like Lucy and I, your past holidays were debaucherous breaks that left your reputations bank accounts and livers in tatters. This is a great time for you to reframe what a holiday means to you. Think about how you want to feel. Words, words like fun, happy, stress-free, healthy, relaxing are well suited to describing a holiday. And being sober really does make all these things possible. How cool is that? Very cool. And sober is cool. We promise. Sober is, it cool. is cool. Join our gang. <laughs> I don't think they will. We're so miserable. No, and especially in our dirty bras. <laughs> Granny pants. Tempting. Yeah, join up. Join up. Cool. <laughs> Come and wear dirty bras. Everywhere we go, we have a whinge. <laughs> the miserable gang. Uh, take heed from the mistakes that Vic and I made whilst on our Brisbane adventure. But that doesn't mean that you're going to get it right first time. If sober holidaying is a brand new concept to you, give yourself time to make your own mistakes and adjust to your new sober style sabbatical. Sabbatical. Get your mindset right while booking your trip prior to leaving and when you're there. Unless you're holidaying in a booze-free country, which isn't a bad <laughs> idea, by the way, know that you'll feel challenged at times and a strong mindset will help counteract this don't think back longingly to booze soaked holidays of the past you know those halcyon days you know they pass don't they mm. they might have been passable when you were 18 but now there is so much more to life mm, that's true they were fun once they were fun once but it's like drinking in general we've done it we've done it for so been long there. we've done the boozy holidays now let's do the sober ones just yep. for something different just to for do. something new um, so our most important tip from this podcast is to be prepared. Remember that you are no longer mainstream. In fact, you are special and we mean that in the most wonderful way. Find lots of sober activities to partake in. Hunt down the restaurant with the best mocktail list in town. And tell the hotel to yank out the minibar and replace it with the 
best coffee machine money can buy, a selection of high-end teas and a choice of off-the-scale cakes to satisfy your every need. Well, at least tell them to remove the mini bar. Yes, we should have done that, actually. We should have phoned them up. We didn't. We're, there. But we're yeah. learning and we're, we're trying learning. to let people learn, learning. Um, help people through our mistakes. Yeah. When visiting a new place, it's easy to end up somewhere where unexpected alcohol is. Um, it's going to make you feel uncomfortable. Think about how you'll handle this. That is without locking yourself in the hotel room for the duration of your trip. Know your triggers and know your sobriety survival techniques. And if you don't have any yet, you are welcome to borrow ours, as mentioned earlier in the episode. Yes, exactly. Borrow ours. I, if I make a mistake, I want as many people as possible to learn from my mistake because yeah, so it makes it more to. worthwhile making it. Yes, and you've made loads. <laughs> I've made heaps I of think them. we're going to learn a lot so from you. So many, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> And I'm still making them. Yeah. The lesson continues, yeah, never-ending, infinite. We've got a lifetime career here with you, Lucy, I think. <laughs> um, remember, we all need to get away. We need breaks and holidays. Don't not take them because you're too worried about how they'll work when you're sober. A sober holiday is like a trip to paradise. As you get to truly relax and rejuvenate, we reckon practising and holidaying sober is a great excuse to take as many short breaks or holidays as time and money will allow in in order to truly master it. Yeah. So don't end up at the STD clinic after your next trip. Get prepped. Follow our tips and try a sober holiday instead. Then all you have to do is look back at the wonderful memories and the exciting adventures. Not with Giorgio and without herpes. <laughs> ideally yeah ideally just laughing here because there's just a random note yeah here. I don't know what that is <laughs> like, did you see I skipped it I was like what the fuck I thought what on earth that is it, it says, says <laughs> it says Vic Holiday in Broom Cupboard I don't know what that means <laughs> I'll probably remember later go oh shit I had a funny story about me being on a holiday in a broom cupboard oh well you can tell it next time yeah I don't It'd remember it completely irrelevant to our topic but we'd love to hear it we'll be waiting <laughs> maybe that's the, the, the maybe next time that's our advice is if you want to be safe just go on holiday in your broom cupboard <laughs> Just staying there with all the, so with the dustpan and brush, yeah. Don't get tempted then, do you? That would be my style of holiday. Yeah, it would be. All right, Lucy, you're right in there. <laughs> Another two weeks. All right, Alan, what are you doing in there? I should going. Alan's in the broom cupboard. Okay, we've got a quote which is by Lamine Pearlhart. I don't need alcohol to see the world in its depths. I carry the sun in me. Mm. I love that because it relates to holidays and we're always going away to follow the sun and, you know, reframing it as we say like what we're trying to say Lucy and I in this podcast is remember it's not holidays that bring the sunshine it's happiness the sun is inside you it's in you all the time and it is sobriety so let that shine it doesn't matter where you are you can let that sunshine yeah. shine from within you Oh, you sound like you're preaching. And <laughs> may all the stars fall upon st thy... I would stand up and start cheering, but I think I'm going to pass out. You can kiss my toes in a minute if you I, like. I can't wait because I'm sure I'm a bit sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> I just got a very quick book <laughs> recommendation. So it is so hot. <laughs> book is by Mary Carr. She's one of my favourite writers. I'm not sure whether I've mentioned her before, but I love her. She wrote a book called Lit... Um, Mary Carr's best-selling unforgettable sequel to her beloved memoirs, The Liars Club and Cherry. Lit is about getting drunk and getting sober, becoming a mother by letting go of a mother, learning to write by learning to live. A beautifully written memoir about her darkest hours and her resurrection. She's just a fantastic writer, more than this being a quit-lit book. If you just want to read a beautifully written book about alcohol, then that is the one for you. It is one of my favourites, so enjoy that. All right, I think we're going to have to stumble out now. I'll give you a quick, a quick flash. Water. Want a quick flash? Yeah, I'll get Alan to take a picture of me in here in my bra. Not that anyone really wants to see that hideous sight. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your holiday. Thank you for listening to the Sober Awkward podcast. If alcohol is affecting your life in a negative way, if you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for help. Contact your local doctor, a therapist or connect with your local AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one. Yes, go onto Facebook and just search Drunk Mummy, Sober Mummy, the group. Lucy and I both agree that even though this journey can be awkward, it's definitely worth it. And if we can do it, you can too. 
For more support on sobriety, head to Vic's website, drunkmummysobermummy.com. And Lucy runs an online space to support and inspire single mums. Find out more at beanstalkmums.com.au. Finally, if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, review and share it with your mates. Don't make it sound like they have to, though. No, they do have to. I'm not doing all this for nothing. Actually. No.